life doesn't have to be the way I was living it. Life can be the way I am living it now. Hey friends, my name is Vanessa Seymour and I'm your host of the Live Inspired Podcast. This is your stop for all things business strategy and mindset. We are dedicated to taking our dreams and turning them into our realities. Friends, welcome to another episode of the Live Inspired Podcast. Our guest today is Karen Green Welton. Karen and I are currently in a mastermind together, which we've been in for a little over two months now. And I still remember the first time I heard Karen speak on one of our first calls. And there was so much strength behind her words. And it honestly, you honestly inspired me right away with just how confident you were. And it was amazing because you could tell that you had been through things, but you hold yourself with such strength and passion, and it's truly admirable. Karen is a life, soul, and empowerment coach, a forgiveness expert, and an advocate for sexy confidence. So welcome, Karen. How are you doing today? Thank you for being here. I am wonderful, and thank you for having me. I'm so excited and so honored to be here. Thank you so much. We're happy to have you. How about we start off with you telling us a little bit of your backstory, what your current business is today, and what led you to where you are today? Yeah, sure. So I guess the kind of the beginning, the underlying thing, and and as you just mentioned in the intro, that I am now kind of a, a life and mindset and empowerment, soul coach, all the things. It's hard to group it under one category, but um, I kind of like all my life and my, my dear friends can attest to this. I was always searching for my purpose. I was always, always searching for my purpose. And there was something deep within me that knew that I wanted to help other people. And for the first maybe part of my life, I, you know, my first part of my adult life, I thought that teaching was it and teaching children, which was it for that period of time. Um, but what ended up happening in the last number of years is that things really shifted and really came into clearer focus and it's kind of amazing how it all unfolded. Um, 20 years ago, I had breast cancer and um, I, I had a mastectomy and, and went through the chemotherapy and the radiation and the whole, the whole shebang. <laughs> um, and then I kind of thought that, that my purpose was to niche down into helping other people that had had breast cancer. And so um, I kind of explored that idea for a while and, and it, it just didn't pan out. So um, fast forward to two years ago, I was re-diagnosed with breast cancer in my other breast. And um, I went for surgery and it was October 19th, or sorry, October 20th of 2019. So just a little over two years. And when I went for the surgery, um, just to remove the, the breast cancer, I died. And I was completely flatlined for like over 10 minutes. Um, but so the surgery itself, I had been, I had been cut open, but was stitched back or stapled back up quickly and aborted. The surgery was aborted to save my life. So when I just take that just piece, it was divine intervention to me. It was the biggest wake up call ever because I wasn't happy with so many different aspects of my life. I was in an unhappy marriage for a number of different reasons, but and then even my workspace had gotten very stressful in the last number of years. And even though I loved working with the children, it just 
the, the, the job itself as a whole was not serving me anymore. And so within several months from dying, mm -hmm. um, I made big, big, big decisions. And one was that I was, I left my marriage, I left my home, I left my job, and I decided that I was going to heal myself naturally. Okay. Um, so all of that kind of transpired into, you know, as I worked on myself after all of that to heal my own self, I realized that I have so much to share with other people that can help other people. So it was almost like the niche grew larger and larger and larger to include not only, like I do focus more on women, but in society as a whole, like anybody that's interested in wanting to heal themselves or, or wants to, it's almost like you're in this space where you know that something is off, you don't know how to fix it. And then divine intervention comes in and wakes you up. And then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> now I see there is another way. You know, it doesn't have to, life doesn't have to be the way I was living it. Life can be the way I am living it now. And that part of my journey is, is like, I, you know, I understand, like people say it's so powerful and, and I, I understand it from a personal experience standpoint as well. When you say first thank you so much for sharing that and when you say heal yourself naturally what did that entail for you well first of all I knew I didn't want to go back for another surgery because dying once was enough thank you <laughs> um but secondly um I just I knew that they had intentions of wanting to do more rounds of like, I shouldn't say more rounds of chemotherapy, but I had chemotherapy 20 years ago. I just, I saw what it did to my body and I wasn't interested in going that route again. Mm -hmm. So all those pieces, the chemotherapy, the radiation, all of those, I wanted to to come back to myself. And I, I also realized and, and, and knew, but not only did I, I kind of knew it, but from a far off distance, I knew that emotions were stuck in my body, but I didn't know how to release them and how to work through them and how to hold them and how to process and forgive and all of those things so there's that part which is the emotional part mm -hmm. and then the mental part is kind of the mindset part where you're choosing to have other thoughts for your benefit because the thoughts that I used to have going around and around and around in my head were arguments and conversations that weren't even really real but just that continual almost like an arguing with myself that things couldn't be any different mm -hmm. and all the the arguing with my you know now ex-husband that I and I was fabricating mm -hmm. some of these arguments I mean some were prompted by situations but in my head it was just this continual arguing and and beating myself up a lot. And then the third piece is kind of the more practical, logistical, physical part of things where, you know, I eat clean and I prioritize 
you know, my juicing and my smoothies and my supplements and, um, and even getting out for walks and do my rebounder and, you know, all and detoxing and all of those physical logistical things that all three of those pieces. And then there's the spiritual part and connecting to spirituality and just realizing that there is a higher power that's at work here that we can't see, but it's like this, you know, law of physics or it's just that it's the quantum physics, I guess you could say it is that piece that you can't see, but it's there and it's working and believing that things are happening to kind of like the way I see it is to heal our soul, to help us, to guide us toward healing our soul while we're here in this human body, in this lifetime, on this earth right now. And when we look at it that way, it becomes a lot easier to kind of wrap your head around why things that aren't so fun happen because they guide us to looking within and they guide us to making change and they guide us to doing the healing that's necessary. And yeah. I don't know if I veered off topic to your original question. I can't even remember what it is now. (laughs) After your experience, do you think in order for us to reach these states of awakening that we have to go through something that leads us to this path? Yes and no. Because I feel that for everybody's journey is so different right and so that's why I think I feel like I don't want to answer a full-on yes or a full-on no because it might not um sit with somebody that's on the different side of the fence um so when I say like yes some people they, some people need the big wake up call because honestly, my intuition, the universe, the divine source was nagging at me. I just wasn't listening Mm -hmm. and it was nagging and it was nagging. And the breast cancer, the first time was nagging, nagging, nagging. Um, and I still just wasn't listening. And the second time was nagging, nagging, nagging. And it was almost like the universe was like, okay, this is going to be a hard nut to crack. So we're going to have to make her die and come back (laughs) for her to wake up. (laughs) Um, But all kinds of circumstances can happen. Like there are people that have big, big wake up calls, whether it's an accident, whether it's a a big um, life health situation. Um, But then there's also people that feel that there's nothing overly sig- significant that's that's guiding them to that spiritual awakening, but there's something that's underlying. And I think for all of us, the bottom line is that there's there's something underlying and it kind of brings me around to, I guess, the spiritual death and the spiritual awakening because I had experienced a spiritual death and prior to having my physical death Mm -hmm. and the, the spiritual death was that it's kind of like when a person is really like, you feel like a piece of yourself inside has died. You feel like, uh, and, and maybe there are fun and exciting little experiences along the way, of course, you know, your family gets together or you do this or something happens and sure it's fun, but that underlying, that underlying feeling is just a feeling of unhappiness and disappointment and discouragement. And, and it's almost, it's, it's almost that feeling that you have this, like something's got to give, 
um, that you're feeling like you're coming to some kind of a crossroads that you need to make changes for yourself because why live that way? We, and I realize this now, we, we are put in this earth to experience all the goodness that life has to offer. Mm-hmm. But so many of us get caught up in all the kind of the negative or the, the downtrodden or the discouraging or the, you know, those parts of it. And we focus and dwell on that, or we even worry about the future being the same as the past. Mm-hmm. And so really kind of flipping that right on its head and turning it all around and realizing that there is so much to be grateful for here on earth. Like, even when you come right down to, oh my gosh, I'm so so thankful for my breath. I'm so thankful for my heart beating. I am so grateful I am here walking on this earth. I am so grateful. For me, I am so grateful I was brought back to be here. And, you know, then you can expand from there, right? I'm so grateful for my son. I'm so grateful for the food that I get to eat. I'm so grateful for the bed I get to sleep in. And you can expand and expand and expand. But, and (laughs) again, I don't know if I, I can't even remember what your initial question was. This is just perfect. So it's all right. (laughs) Too funny. <laughs> well, that was so. Do you ever feel fear now when you're talking about, you know, living your life this way with this gratitude? And by the way, the way you describe that is just absolutely like amazing. But do you ever feel fear still to, to live your life in this manner? Yeah, sure. <laughs> of course. I think I would be inhuman if I didn't. <laughs> um, but it fear is like a double-edged sword okay and so fear can be good for us and then fear can be detrimental to us okay right so of course we live in the human body just like i need a a little sip of water sorry about that um so we live in like our human our ego in our head sometimes the fear of course jumps in um but if we allow that fear to take over and rule our lives and not want and kind of be caught in in this trap of not wanting to move or shift or change or do anything because we're so afraid mm-hmm. of the whatever, whatever it is. You know, the fear could be fear of what will other people think? The fear could be, you know, what if I fail? Mm-hmm. The fear could be, you know, okay, what if I what if I really mess up and, and then I'm for me, Mm -hmm. what if I really mess up and I'm back to my deathbed? Yeah. Um, but when we take those fears and we kind of take them apart and we kind of dissect them and dive into them and look to see what's a part of that, that they dissolve because if I even look at the most serious one, which is what if I mess up and I'm back on my deathbed? Well, I have to look at it and just say, at least now I have no regrets and I'm living my life to the fullest and I'm enjoying every moment that I can in the best way possible that I can. Mm -hmm. And, 
and then I look at the like the universe's standpoint, you know, is this what the universe wanted for me? Personally, I feel that now my purpose has been unfolded in that I was sent back here to help other people. Okay. So I feel that, that that fear is just kind of really to the wayside. You know what I mean? Um, and the, the, the fears of failure, well, every failure has a little nugget of golden truth in it to propel yourself forward again from. And, you know, any of the fears, like there's, there's many, but if, if it's one of those fears that's keeping you trapped, then that's not a good fear because it's that fight or flight. Yeah. It's that sympathetic system kicking in and just being scared to do whatever. The good part of the fear on the other side of the sword is the fear where you are like, okay, I'm kind of like really nervous to do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Mm -hmm. And, and just kind of, that's the moving past it. So any of those other, any of those things that I just mentioned, that's the moving past it. So even though there's a chance that I may fail and mm -hmm. fall flat on my face with anything that I do, mm -hmm. I'm moving past it and I'm choosing to move past it and moving past it with a piece in my heart with peace in my heart not a peace but uh, but peace in my heart um for just the divine orchestration of everything you know that how do you create that peace in your heart for someone who's new to this this way of being and existing and thinking how how do you start creating that peace the peace in your heart I would say you just have to really stop and get still. Okay. And look within, like come into your heart, let your head sink into your heart and your soul. Your soul is deeper, but your soul knows this right? Your soul knows this peace. Your soul knows all the love. Your soul knows the gratitude, the happiness, the joy, the abundance, the freedom. That's what your soul knows. Mm -hmm. And when I say stop, there are so many of us, and I was one of these people, that was just bowling forward through life, just, just bowling, 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 bowling. And in my old life, <clears throat> before I died, I, I experienced this on both sides of dying. Before I died, it was just not wanting to look inward. It was not wanting to, to get too close to the truth mm -hmm. yeah. because it kind of scared me. Because I wasn't unhappy, I think that's why it scared me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And after I died, I hit the ground running and I ran for another almost two years. Okay. Because I was so afraid then to fall back into the person that I was. Yes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So when, when I really, really, really stopped and allowed myself that stillness of just stopping, like just stop the universe, stop the earth, just everything stop, like as if you were in one of those movies where they stop the time and you just stop and you just breathe and you just come back to yourself. And if, like what I would say to someone, if they are having trouble finding this, is to reach out to somebody 
that can help them find that. And I think for myself, you know, I started kind of investing in coaches shortly within a couple of months after I died. And those pieces were the catalyst that kept me looking inward. Did you, before all of this, did you know that this kind of way of living or this kind of help or the coaches or even this industry existed? Was it something you were consciously aware of or was it something new that opened up for you? Well, it, it only became apparent, um, I'm going to say a few months before the day of my surgery. Okay. Um, which was really interesting because in the summertime of that summer, 2019, was when I had been diagnosed with the breast cancer in my other breast. And so I hired a, nutrition, uh, a holistic nutritionist. Okay. And when I hired her and I started following her because she was more about just, of course, the nutrition, mm -hmm. she was about life purpose and this, and, and the stuff she was posting was blowing me away. Like it, honestly, there was a piece of me inside of myself that it was hitting on every time I read what she, what she posted. I was just enthralled with this woman. And I remember at one point, probably about a month or so before the surgery, I remember thinking, this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. okay. This right here is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Little did I know I was going to die and come back and follow this path. Yeah. But I think it's so beautiful and it just goes back to divine intervention again, where the idea was planted right before when you had no idea what was coming your way. And it was, it was there waiting for you when you were ready for it. That's just mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. What would you say to someone who thinks they're too old or too young even to change their lives? Uh, well, I'm 53. So <laughs> and I, you know, I left my teaching position with a couple of years left to go before retirement. Okay. So I left that teaching profession with no catchment, like, you know, <laughs> um, trampoline or anything to, to catch me, there was nothing there to catch me. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we can all make up the excuses, whether it's I'm too old, I'm too young, I don't have the finances, I don't have the time, I don't have the knowledge, I don't have the experience, I don't have the, I don't have the, I don't have the, I don't have. Yeah. At some point, you just have to say, okay, this is my life. What do I want to do with the rest of it? And for whatever it is, keep following that. Mm -hmm. And maybe it changes as you go and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but just start following it because you don't need the title behind your name for the university course credits that you took to do whatever it is you want to do. There are gazillion people out there doing the craziest of things mm -hmm. with only purely an interest and a love for what they're doing, period. Yeah. What was your biggest fear when you, this, what you have right now, you, you have your own business. So what was your biggest fear leaning into that? Well, you're maybe going to laugh at this, but my biggest fear at the very beginning was actually coming on and doing lives. Okay. I was so, I was so afraid to do the lives and here, you know, growing up, 
I always heard the be seen and not heard line. Okay. Uh, I don't, some people, some people know this line well, some people, others don't, mm -hmm. but growing up, that was for me, be seen and not heard, be seen and not heard, be seen and not heard, be seen and not heard. And I was the oldest in the family. Mm -hmm. And um, I was, I associated being quiet, equaling me getting love from my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So I continued to be that quiet, shy girl all through high school. And when I graduated from high school, I kind of threw, unbeknownst to myself, I threw myself into a position where I had to use my voice. So okay. I, was a camp, I was a camp counselor for okay. like nine summers. Mm -hmm. And it was a perfect way to start being able to use my voice. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I wanted to, to teach and work with children and kids. And I absolutely loved doing that. And I loved being able to be myself in front of kids who are non-judgmental anyways, <laughs> you know? So that grew another piece of my confidence in that respect. And then, but when it came to doing lives, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, and, and I, the first time I came on and it was just in a group of like five people. Yeah. I stayed on for like one minute exactly. And I had my notes mm -hmm. and I was just like, how do you shut this thing off? And I was just like so nervous. Um, and it's kind of, but it's interesting too, because even a fear that's seems like a really small fear. I mean, of course I thought, oh, well, what if I, you know, what if I fail at doing all of this? Of course, those bigger fears came into play as well. Mm -hmm. But um, but again, those bigger fears just came down to, you know, what am I here for in this lifetime? I am, if I just died and I just left behind all the things that didn't serve me, which was a lot. Yeah. And I'm embracing something new, Len, let's give her. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's so yeah. interesting to hear because I know like in our in our mastermind group, you shared how one of your recent lives, I think, got like 700 plus views. So it's just amazing to see you going from there to like this now and this being your reality. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's funny because that I did a live on my personal page about it's the story of my death okay. and um, it's almost, it's close to a thousand now. Wow. It's, it's, keep, <laughs> it's keeping on inching up, but it's, I think just because it has connected to people from on their soul level, you know? Yeah. It's, it's um, amazing. It truly is. Um, we talked about this right before we started uh, recording, but I went on your Instagram and stalked you for a bit. And you talked about living life in overflow a lot. And I loved that. And I'd love if we could dive into that idea a little bit. Like, what does it mean to live life in overflow? Well, you know, sometimes our life, in we, if we look around and we really get particular, we might say, wow, I can't, I'm not living in overflow. I don't have this and I don't have that and I don't have this and I don't have that. Mm -hmm. But living life in overflow is a mindset. It's, it's, and, and kind of coming back to that living in the, in what I'm grateful for now mm -hmm. is living life in overflow. So it's that mindset of, Look at all the things that I have. And no matter what it is for you or the next person or the next person or the next person, right? So that living life and overflow is, oh, I have, I have everything I need. I have every, I have all the time, you know, and it's just feeling that in all 
the cells of your body, like feeling that overflow of, of love for yourself, of love for the universe, of love for other people, of love for the earth, of love for your life, you know, and then just going from there, like you have everything right there. But what do we tend to focus on is all the things we don't have. But coming into overflow is not just, okay, I'm grateful for this, but I'm grateful for the overflow of it. Yeah. Like, and that overflow tends to bring that and attract that actually into our lives. So the mindset of overflow is one thing, and then it comes into our lives in sometimes the strangest of ways, but it doesn't matter, right? If you're living from that mindset of overflow, you're already grateful for everything, no matter what. How do you activate this mindset of overflow or even or even just simple gratitude when life feels unbearably hard or unfair or uncertain yeah it's just um it's really coming back kind of to coming back home to yourself and coming back to your why why and when when you ask this question why you keep you don't ask it once and answer it you keep asking it until you can't even answer it anymore Mm -hmm. like so what I mean by that is so what is your why okay well I'd like to help people why because because I want them to experience what I'm feeling. Why? Because I want them to love themselves. Why? Do you see what I mean? Like, just keep going, whatever is for you. Like, the why. Get get down to the, the little seed of the why, whatever it is for you. And that coming into that, when things are unbearably hard, it's coming back to yourself because everything is inside of ourselves and oftentimes we look outwards for all the answers for all the things to fix us when in essence everything that we need to fix us is right here in our heart and soul yeah that's beautiful thank you yeah, that <laughs> taking a second to like let that sink in because that's powerful, right? It's that feeling of, I think when things feel hard in life, we're often like, okay, I have no control to change this. And it's just coming back to the things you do have control over, which is everything within us, right? I would mm-hmm. love to touch on forgiveness. And I'd love to just start by hearing your journey with forgiveness. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, um, well, my journey with forgiveness began um, after I died. And I, I knew after I, of course, I had this big wake up call and I was kind of looking at, okay, what are all the things I can do to help myself? And like I mentioned at the beginning, there was the emotional part, the mental part, the, the, the physical part, the logistical part, the spiritual part. And so I was starting to embrace each one of them kind of all at the same time, excuse me. But that piece of forgiveness was so instrumental like in how things unfolded for me since then that I can't even 
like I can't even um you know the the first so when like some people think I think people are under the impression and and I was too that forgiveness is just saying oh yeah I forgave I forgave myself or I forgave them and yeah I just I forgave them and I let it go and it's not as simple as that it's far deeper than that and you know this is kind of something that I coach my clients through because it's such a powerful piece we are holding on to things that have happened to us that you know people other people have hurt us in different ways throughout our lifetime and a lot of times we push through we don't deal with it at the time a lot of us were of not 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 only encouraged but almost like forced to just say oh buck up like you know dry up those tears and that's foolishness and it's time to move on and and put you basically what we did was we pushed it into our bodies yeah here here are our bodies holding all of this for years and years and years and years unbeknownst to us and then we arrive at a point where we have a full-blown disease or we have you know these types of things conditions or what have you pain and we're wondering why and so when when we come back to forgiveness it's this it's when you forgive you have to take each person or each event separately for one thing you can't clump everything together and say i forgive all of it it has to be on an individual basis and for some people there are not people that hurt them but events that took place that they you know there's no thing to point their finger at um and forgiveness is not about like often people will say i can't i can't i can't let myself forgive that person but the only person that's holding onto it is you like the other person has moved on long ago they might not even know that they hurt you or maybe they did but it doesn't even matter it's not about them it's how this is affecting you because you are the only person that is carrying this around and i often use this analogy of having a boulder in your backpack and you're carrying around this boulder it's the exact same thing you have this it your body is holding it and our bodies were not meant to hold all of this emotional energy stuck inside and that's where it creates density in our body which in turn creates the disease Mm -hmm. but so the forgiveness is really kind of it's almost in a meditation like a meditation type when i say meditation sometimes meditation for me can be like oftentimes if i'm with doing this with clients it's talking like we're talk like we have our eyes closed but we're talking through the entire meditation mm-hmm. and um or sometimes it's a guided meditation or sometimes it's movement meditation or sometimes it's a walking meditation or sometimes it's a one minute meditation mm-hmm. you know meditation is all different things but coming back to the forgiveness i don't want to get off track on this one <laughs> um but that forgiveness is really and truly finding the space in yourself because you're doing this for you to forgive that person fully and wholly 
and no strings attached and and not only saying that you forgive them of course in a meditation this is not personally this is just in a meditation you're imagining that person sitting in front of you or this event and saying i forgive you but also going past that and sending them love sending them healing for themselves sending them whatever it is they need to help them wishing them the absolute best thing that could ever happen for them to make them happy and there's a piece of compassion that comes in usually before the forgiveness the compassion comes in for the other person and for yourself where that other person in whatever way, shape, or form that they hurt you, they have probably been hurt themselves in their lifetime. So when we take that compassion in, we realize the this person probably didn't hurt us intentionally. They were just, it was just, they were just continuing the cycle that they didn't know themselves how to get out of or didn't have the wherewithal to get out of. And so having that compassion allows us to open up our heart and see that this person didn't do something necessarily personally toward us. And so allowing ourselves to really integrate all of that and, and leaving being able to say thank you because whatever that person did to hurt you if you can say thank you to that person for what they did to hurt you then you know you have gotten to the place where you have fully forgiven them because whatever they did brought you to where you are today. It made you a stronger person. It took you deeper within yourself. It took you to come to this place of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And that is a beautiful piece of the healing. And from there, like, so for me, going back to where this first started for me was the very the first person I had to forgive was my Mm ex-husband. And this was before I brought up the conversation of leaving our marriage. And I truly 100% fully believe in my heart that our separation went so smoothly because I had done the forgiveness I had forgiven him so fully on every single level. And then uh, maybe about a month or two later was when I breached the conversation and it went so unbelievably well, because you really don't know how the other person's going to react. Like you wonder if, you know, there's going to be a, a full out, yeah. you know blow out or but and I truly believe that because I had done that forgiveness it that that's the spiritual part of me too is understanding that the universe this energy that was caught between us had dissipated completely because I forgave him and so he was no longer attached to that either because I had done it on my end. Mm -hmm. But look how that energy between us dissipated. And basically we had two conversations and it was almost like, you know, of course there was some discussion Mm -hmm. around, you know, the, the kind of the back and forth, but it was a discussion. It wasn't an argument. It wasn't hollering. It wasn't 
anything negative, actually. It was, and like, I walked away going, how did that happen so smoothly? Like I could not, at the beginning, I just could not believe my luck because I wasn't sure. And then, you know, in time I realized that it was because I had done the forgiveness. And my ex-husband and I now have a wonderful, a part, you know, we're still parents, but we have a wonderful different kind of relationship as two separate people moving forward. And we support each other. We talk still like regularly Mm -hmm. and not only just because we have to, because we still have some combined, you know, not only our son, but we have some combined connections and stuff like that. But, but we support each other. If something's going wrong with me, like, you know, he, he will be there if I need him. I will be there if he, if he needs me, you know? So this beautiful unfolding of this, the, the whole way this unfolded was just like, wow, it blew me away. And I truly believe in my heart of hearts that anybody that's going through or is needing feeling that they need to go through a separation or, or walking away from their marriage or whatever it is, there's a, there is, there are ways to do it that are so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I think especially right now in this space, you hear about this idea of like conscious uncoupling, right? And, but to hear about it from a personal experience, is just wonderful to see how it can actually work. Mm-hmm. Coming back to forgiveness and the idea of being wronged, how do you work through that specifically, right? When you feel like you've been wronged, by someone else, by something else. How do you move through that? Again, you really have to come back to your, to the love for yourself, seeing, coming back, stopping, stopping the, stop the universe. I need to get off for a minute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Stop, stop, stop. And getting really still and coming back to yourself and seeing all the pieces of the puzzle. When you stop and get still and start to look without judgment, judgment is another big piece that you really have to take out of it. Because when you take the judgment out, so judgment, when we, when we use judgment, it's all about what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. So if we take out the judgment, everything is then neutral. So if you're looking at everything neutrally, A, it doesn't have the charge to it. B, you can see it for the neutral idea or concept or, you know, hurt that it is. Then you can, then that's when you can take in the compassion and you can find compassion for yourself and find your love for yourself. That's when you can bring in the forgiveness. But that, that hurt, when you feel that, that it's opening up another wound, mm-hmm. you know, it's coming back to yourself and just really feeling the love for yourself first and foremost. And then coming in and grounding down into the earth, feeling the the love from the universe, from the divine, from source. Some people are religious and call it God. That's fine. Whatever you call it or name it is fine. It doesn't matter. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. But that's where that can shift 
And, you know, you can, once you know how to do this, you can shift all of this energy in like, like maybe at first it takes an hour, then maybe the next time it happens, you do it again, takes a half an hour, then it takes 15 minutes, then it takes 10, then it takes five, then it takes a couple of minutes to just ground down and go, okay, da, 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 da. I see this neutrally, taking all the judgment out. Okay, okay. And it's just like, boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. So it gets to be easier and easier. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that, you know, we get hurt all the time. So, you know, we get to practice this a lot, a lot, a lot. I don't mean it like that. Mm -hmm. I just mean when it does come up. I mean, you might do it now and you might not do it again for another six months to a year. Who knows, right? But once you do it once, you have the tool. Mm -hmm. And then if another occasion is needing it, you have the tool to fall back on. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. Gosh, I have one more question for you. <laughs> and it's a question I ask everyone that's on this podcast. Um, and you can take a second to think about it. But what is one common mm -hmm. myth about your profession or field that you are in currently that you want to debunk? Um, you know, it's funny. I think the biggest myth about having a, a coach, I guess, is that is that it's it's kind of like okay, what, what does this person do for me? Um, how can this person help me? And sometimes I think people are even scared to just branch out or reach out and ask the question, how can this help me? I think maybe people are afraid mm -hmm. of what may be uncovered if they start doing the healing work. Mm -hmm. And the myth, if, if, that, if that's what we're calling the myth, then how I want to debunk it is that all you're going to find is more love for yourself. It's not scary. It's not hard. It's easy when you choose that it will be easy, it will be easy. That was so eloquently said. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on here today. I, I know this is an episode I'm going to be listening to again, <laughs> just because there's so much and I want to point this out because obviously I can see you and everyone listening to this can't see you but when you talk you close your eyes sometimes and it's <laughs> magical because I can feel the words like coming from deep within you and I just know it's it's like activating and inspiring and the energy is so there and I, I love that so much so for everyone listening like that was what this experience is like for me at least it was just beautiful to watch <laughs> I know it's so true and I think sometimes I laugh at that because I do that a lot but I think at the same time you're so right in how you interpreted that like it's really coming from the depths of my my heart and my soul mm -hmm. yeah and you can feel that which I love so how can people work with you right now or reach out to you right now so um on Facebook I'm on Facebook and Instagram okay. and we'll have and the links down in the episode notes for everyone as well Awesome. Thank you. Um, and I also have a website. So on Facebook, I'm under Karen Breen Welton. Um, I also have a private group for women called The Healing Soul. And so that's on Facebook as well. And 
then on Instagram, I'm under Karen Breen Welton as well. And my website is karenbreenwelton.com. So it's easy once you know my name, I guess. Um, right now, I actually have on offer, um, as we do as coaches kind of have like different levels of offers, I guess you could say. Um, so I do one-to-one coaching, which when you come to me for one-to-one coaching, I take you in for a minimum of three months and we work together on a weekly basis and, and have the message support daily. So that's, and, and with the one-to-one, what's really beautiful and magical about that is like, I always say, I meet you where you are. It's not, I'm not regurgitating stuff for you to take in. I go to where you are and we move along at your pace. You know, we, we address what's biggest and, and foremost for you. And it just rolls from there. And it's a beautiful unfolding. And we go, some people like to like, give me all the things I want to do all the things. And then other people are like, just, I just need to do one at a time because that's all I can handle right now is one at a time. And so I just go with the person. I let them sort of guide how quickly they want to, to uncover things or want to work through things or want, you know, all those. And so there's that. I have group programs as well. I actually just finished up one, which was called Radiance. Mm-hmm. excuse me, a beautiful um, six-week group program. R- currently at this moment, I do not have group program, but I do have a membership beginning in January, January 11th. Um, so just after the new year, which is a beautiful time mm-hmm. to start something. And the membership is called Sexy Soulful Empowerment Membership. And I'm so proud of this and so excited to get started in the new year because when I say sexy and I mean this is me a person that's 53 that has lost a breast and to me sexy is for me it's my self-love for me and it's not just the physical aspects, but it's the mental and emotional aspects. And so that's why the word soulful is included because our sexy is so connected to our soul. It's that energy that runs through us. And so the empowerment is coming into this container and becoming empowered as a woman as a sexy soulful woman yeah so my clientele is like from 30 to into their 80s so it doesn't you know it doesn't matter people are interested in finding their sexy at any age at finding their at growing and building on their own self-love, on reconnecting to their soul, on healing their soul, all the things. That's why the people that come into this container come into this container. So the way that this membership is working is that um, you come in for a minimum of three months. So, and it's like a monthly investment, but you can, at the end of the three months, then you can decide if you want to stay in or you want to, you know, cancel or whatever. So I'm super excited about that. And then I have kind of like um, little individual, I call them kind of single sessions. So I do single sessions, which are basically an hour. So I do single sessions around forgiveness around emotional release and around uh, chakra healing okay so yeah there's a lot there's a lot for people to pick there's a lot 
Yeah, <laughs> which is and, and everything is kind of on my website too. Okay. People so we'll have like, link for that down below so people can reach out to you. But I also want to say the branding for your for your membership is gorgeous. So if nothing else, everyone needs to check that out for sure. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Karen. So so much for taking the time today, talking to us, sharing your story, and just everything. It was absolutely amazing. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I'll close my eyes again. <laughs> Thank you from the bottom of my heart for having me here today. I'm so, so, so honored to be asked to be on this podcast. Most welcome. Thank you. Hello, loves. Was that a powerful episode or what? Karen is honestly just such a beam of light and it has been such a privilege to get to know her as a colleague, a sister, a friend over the last couple of months. And it was just such an honestly inspiring event to have her on this podcast. So like I said, all the links are down in the episode notes. Please share this episode with a friend, with a family member, anyone you think is going to really connect or gain something from this episode, share this to your Instagram stories, tag Karen and myself. We would be so, so happy to reshare them. And it just always means the world to me and more when you guys do that. So sending you love and I'll see you on a new episode. <laughs>